Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Tennis Channel Insight and on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels. As always, happy to have you here listening. We are in the final stages of Indian Wells, and the guest on this week's show is making her return since appearing on the very first episode of Tennis Channel Insight and back in April. And with Indian Wells in full, full swing, we figured we'd bring on someone with California roots and success. I looked this up before we started. She won five titles in the Golden State in her career, and it's always an honor to chat tennis with her. Tracy Austin, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Mitch. Great to be talking to you. Just going to ask you, do you remember you know, those five titles? A lot of them were in San Diego, but you, you won quite a bit in the state of California. I know there's not as many tournaments as there used to be, but you had some success in your home state. Yeah, I think a few in San Diego, and then maybe La Costa? I saw Carlsbad on there too. I think he won one there. Carlsbad, yeah. yeah. So that's that's at La Costa. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I got to the finals of LA, lost to Martina. So yeah, it was always great to obviously sleep close to home or play close to home or sleep in your own bed and be able to play a, a pro tournament. I I just love the fact that looking back at those records at the archives and you know we saw the San Diego tournament this year. It wasn't just that you were winning. It was that there were big players in the events. It just was great to see huge names coming to California. And I hope, I mean, we talked about this last week, but I love having U.S. tournaments. And I hope that San Diego, maybe we can get Los Angeles on the mix, but we can have more tournaments like the Chicago events that Kamal Murray has been doing. More great tennis in the States is always a good thing. Absolutely, Mitch. You know, when I was playing, the first 12 weeks of the season – were played in the United States. It was in all the big cities. It was L.A., it was San Francisco, it was Seattle on the West Coast, and Chicago it was Dallas. It was uh, you know, a place in Florida, one city. It was it ended up at Madison Square Garden for the championship. So we were pretty spoiled back then, and then we had some in the summer. We had some in the spring that were on clay, and then even in the fall we had a few. So it's completely changed, obviously, in the, in the last couple of decades. Well, we still have Indian Wells, luckily, and it's been a long time. It's been 18 months since this tournament happened, canceled last year, delayed this year to October. Tracy is someone that's been around this event for so long, covering it for a while now. What are your thoughts on what we've seen so far, not just in terms of the, the upsets, some of the runs, and some of the, the, the top seeds falling, but also the court conditions? That was like a buzzword recently, that it's playing slower. Fall Indian Wells tennis, what's your initial reaction to what you've seen out there? Well, I think first and foremost, it was the first major sporting event that was canceled March of 2020. And we were all kind of in shock. It was canceled that late Sunday afternoon, but then the domino effect happened. And I think first, we have to be very appreciative that we're having Indian Wells because the players love to play at that event. It's such a beautiful oasis. And 
obviously a different time of the year in October, um, you know, you have to talk about the players that are missing, whether it's Roger and, and Rafa, Novak, team is a defending champion, Serena, Venus, Barty chose not to play, Osaka's out. But what I see is we've been talking, are things going to change now that some of the players are getting, top players are getting a little older? And we've certainly seen some openings with the absence of some of the biggest names, some upsets of some of the you know, the, the top seeds, Pliskova going out and, you know, on the on the med side, Medvedev going out. So I feel like everybody thinks I've got a chance. Why not me? And it's a great opportunity as a, as a thousand, you know, WTA 1000 or Masters 1000. Yeah, exactly right, Tracy. Last week on the show, actually, Jan Michael Gamble said we're going to start to see because of the scheduling of this event, what players are, are still playing for something, who's got pride in their game and who's going to be, you know, all in in this event. And it's been nice to see the players that have used this as an opportunity to show that they have a place in the game on the men's side towards the top. Those players that are going for the mantle on the women's side, the, the game is as deep as it's ever been. And I think we're starting to see players that aren't top seeds really make their move and make their impact. I want to ask you uh, your thoughts on a couple of different players who've done well at this tournament. Some of them are still playing. We got to give it up for a, a top 10 player now. It's finally happened. But Tracy Anjabor is, is in the top 10. She's got a big quarterfinal match coming up against Contevit. But what she's done, the, the historic run, the first Arab player to become a top 10 player, how she plays, just exciting. And, and really, we all think that the best is in front of her. So hats off to her, just a tremendous run from Anjabor. Absolutely. It, you know, the first time that you see Jabur play, you realize that she has a, a pretty special, crafty, you know, athletic game, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, at 27, it's really wonderful to see her game come to fruition and all of that talent start to be be used because I love the backstory of it. Coming from Tunisia, not exactly a, a hotbed for, for tennis, but what an incredible role model. I think the ITF, we rarely talk about the grants that they give to, to players from some of the, the countries that don't get financial help, but I think that really helped Ons to be able to, to in her early days, travel with a coach um, that, that made the difference and, and to help her kind of move through the, the lower levels, start to gain that confidence because she really didn't have somebody to look up to from her area of the world. But talk about the what she's done this year and how many matches she's won, just the way that she plays the game, was she's so creative. So I, I love that type of a story when you see somebody who's worked so hard for so long and it, it's all starting to come together for her. Yeah, most match wins this year of anyone on tour. So just a phenomenal uh, achievement from her. She's playing her best tennis, someone that nobody wants to play. And I think everybody just every, – how could you not love watching her play? Mm -hmm. The way that she's able to hit that beautiful slice, the drop shot, then she can power through the forehand with – Lots of topspin if she needs to to draw the, her opponent off the court, um, you know, cross court. She finishes points off at the net. You just see the wheels constantly turning. And in a game today where so many players play the same way, you know, it's just see yeah. ball, hit ball, for her to use all portions of the court and to use, uh, you know, her court craft and, and different spins, it, it's really a lot of fun to watch. Certainly is. And the fact that she wants to open up a tennis academy in Tunisia is just great to hear as well. Uh, she, as I mentioned, still playing today. A couple of players that aren't still playing but still had great runs. Right now, Tracy, the odds-on favorite to be the top-ranked American at the end of the year looks to be Jessica Pagulia. She makes the quarterfinals again of another tournament. 
And her game especially, she's in the mix for this race to, to the WTA finals in Guadalajara this year. But Jesse Pagula started the year, I believe, outside of the top 40. And now she's, now she's pressing into the top 20. Who knows how far she can go. What was it about her game, maybe her change of attitude, Tracy, that's enabled her to get the success and still climbing at an age 27 when players don't usually, 26, 27, when players don't usually make this leap? You know, exactly. I, I love this type of a story as well because, you know, we know her dad and he owns a couple of sports teams in in the Northeast. And so she's financially set. I love that she has this this drive, this passion to keep pushing herself. And as you said, at 27, where it's all starting to come together at the Australian Open, that's where she really made her, her big breakthrough, that push, getting to the quarterfinals for the first time at a major and I think she's really worked on her fitness, on her speed around the court. That's helped her to get two more balls where she get can plant and get, you know, get her feet underneath her. She hits a very clean ball. And I think it would have to be belief. I think before maybe she didn't think I can play with these, these top level women and top level players, but now she can see that she, her game matches up beautifully. Her serve has improved. Um, we are working with David Witt, I think has also been a benefit. David obviously working with Venus for those, you know, more than 10 years. So to have a mind like that, who's, who's worked with a seven time grand slam champion, doesn't ha hurt to have on your team. So it's, it's just a lot of fun to watch Pagula because as I said, she's a great shot maker, but she stays so calm out on court. I guess she's getting married in what, about eight days. Eight days yeah. uh, I, I just, yeah, I just I just love the fact when you see someone again, same type of thing, who's worked so hard for so long and other players should see this and, and be excited about that. You know, why not me when you know, in a couple of years it doesn't all have to happen when you're eighteen or, or twenty two. It it might take a little bit of time. Yeah, you said some some things there I really agree with. One, of course, I mean, yeah, she's definitely financially set. We know the <laughs> we know the story. But uh, I, I think what's what's great about her too, her confidence, her calmness out there, it, it's it's more than just the belief that she has in herself. Like she's beating these top players, Tracy, like effortlessly almost. She beats Fidelina in like less than an hour. I mean, the Pliskova matches this year, something definitely, and maybe it was accumulation of things that you wouldn't know. Like everything came together for her. Because it's more than just her abilities, her beliefs. It's everything clicked. Working with Coach Witt, who we know has done wonders for Venus Williams. And, and I think just with her confidence and her style of play, it's not out of the realm of possibility that she's going to be a top 10 player pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's what's so interesting about our game. We know that there are at least you know, 15 different elements that, that we could break down, whether it's the emotional, the mental, the physical. It's not only quickness, it's footwork, it's ball striking ability, it's shot selection, uh, it's confidence, it's match wins. All of those you could break down. And if you're missing any of those, then it's problematic. Well, she's just gotten better. Jesse, Jessica has just gotten better in all of the categories above, you know, we talked about her serve improving and, and, and you, and with all of that, it's just big moments. So many matches at this level, you yeah. could, you know, even if it's the beginning of a match or it's tight four all in the third, you, a handful of points can make the difference. And she just has that trust in her game now. You know, you mentioned big moments and how important they are. And I couldn't help but think two of the, there's six ladies still playing the semifinals on one side of the draw set got quarterfinal action today but for how deep the game is and how many different women can be in the mix to win a, a masters win a slam 
Two of the players still playing, Victoria Azarenka and Angelique Kerber, they just know how to win big moments. Like, they're older now. They're in their 30s. Might not be at their best form uh, historically, but he just trusts them in big moments. Well, what's interesting about Kerber is she was really struggling at, at the beginning of the year. She's, you know, 33. She's won three majors. She's been number one in the world and been out there a long time. And, and maybe the motivation wasn't quite as strong. There's, it, the game is so deep. You know, you have to have that fire for every single match. So to see a resurgent Kerber after taking a title in Germany on grass at the beginning of the grass court season, she said that really sparked um, just that fire again and, and got to the semifinals of Wimbledon. She's really playing great tennis again, and it's it's, it's fun to see because she's just inside the top 15. She's used to being top 10, top you know top five for, for so long. But uh, she, as you said, she's a winner. She's a warrior. She knows how to figure matches out. And I think she's seems to be enjoying herself. She's more calm than she was before. So it, you're exactly right. And then for Azarenka, it seems like she's playing her best tennis since that 2020 New York bubble where she won in Cincinnati and obviously got to the, the finals of the, of the U.S. Open in 2020 and had a good shot at, at winning that match. So I think for Azarenka, the hard lockdown at, at the beginning of the year in, in Australia was, was tough on her. You know, that, that really kind of takes the wind out of your sails. You can't be quite as fit, and you have to come out of that and try to compete at, at the Australian Open. Every, so many did it, but I think that that was uh, a difficult start to 2021 for, for Azarenka, so it's great to see her playing well again. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Tracy Austin here on Tennis Channel Inside In. Uh, just looking at the rest of what the women's draw and some of these matches have been. Been some great ones, but I, I was most enthralled by that final set of Layla Fernandez and Shelby Rogers. I don't know if you were able to dive into it, but that was just incredible. Two fighters that would not give an inch out there. Well, that's what you love about Rogers, and I think she has matured so much. Her, her fitness level is better than it's ever been. It's interesting because I saw I actually called Shelby's match in 2018 where she hurt her knee against uh, Dalahide at Indian Wells. So isn't it great that she's come yeah. back and three years later she's just uh, you know playing such great tennis. Never been fitter. That allows her to, again, get her feet underneath underneath her more and her ground strokes are powerful but I love just how poised she is out there on the court same thing when Shelby beat Ash Barty at the U.S. Open she looks confident the big moments not getting to her and then Layla Fernandez what what a story she has been obviously at the, at the Open beating Osaka and then Kerber and Svitolina and Sabalenka all in three sets um, I love, I, I actually saw Layla the day after she lost in the finals. We did a few events together on the Sunday and I said, I just picture you with that left arm, you know, <laughs> moving towards the sky and the way that she got the crowd involved. And, and she even talked about how she used to be more quiet on court and now she's really using the crowd, the crowd, the tennis crowd is falling in love with her. And I, I love the way that, that she plays the way that she competes. 
Yeah, that Layla Fernandez one arm stretched into the air. That that's like I mean I know we're in the <laughs> NFT era, but that's the perfect NFT. Is just Layla Fernandez just arm outstretched getting the crowd going. I, I just want to also mention exactly. With, I just want to also mention with Shelby Rogers. I mean she's kind of become a bit of a giant killer now. She's got wins this year over Barty. Uh, the last couple months, Barty uh, Andrescu. And, uh, you know, Leo Fernandez now 4-2 and two, uh, against the top 20 in her last six. So it's good to sh- see Shelby back. She does, as you say, look a lot fitter. And I was just very impressed with Leo Fernandez's ability to follow up the U.S. Open final. A heartbreaking loss, but an incredible run where she's now on the scene with still playing some good tennis. We're, we're going to get to the champ in a second here, but it is hard to kind of follow up a, a long, lengthy run and still have something left in the tank to keep playing good tennis. And I was very impressed that Leo was able to do that. Yeah, no doubt that her motivation level is just so high. You know, spending that that Sunday with her, you could just see she wanted more. You felt like she couldn't wait to get back on the court and continue to try to improve. And Layla, I think we've got to remember, won the juniors at the French Open. You know, she's made the, the small incremental steps. Um, it, it was different levels that she started to be successful and she won a title earlier this year in Mexico. She started going deeper in WTA uh, tournaments. So I think when she won all those, those matches against, you know, top 10 players and top five players, I was surprised that she was able to do it because four of those were three sets. So you think she would run out of gas. Obviously she did not. She was very fit. It was interesting to see Layla then play, in the finals against Raducanu because all of a sudden she was at rank at 73 in the world. She was the favorite for that match. So I don't know. I don't think she played as well in the finals as she had in those other matches. I don't know whether she just got flat because, you know, so much tennis on the court leading up to the finals, or she felt a little extra pressure now that she was playing someone Raducanu ranked 150 and what an opportunity that was to try to win her first major. But you're right. I love the way that she's been able to back up that final run, but I think she's, you know, she's made those incremental, she's gone through the levels and, and kind of mastered those levels and I, I think she's she's ready for, for the big time. Certainly looks like she is, and, and that she is here to stay. Uh, Tracy, now we turn our attention to the U.S. Open champion, Emirata Kanyu, her first match since winning the U.S. Open and since that life-changing moment. She lost to Alexandra Sasnovich, who was a top 30 player, ranked 100 right now, lost in straight sets of that match. We know it is just one match, one tournament. But I have to ask you, because there is a very short list of players, of people on this earth that know what it's like to win a Grand Slam as a teenager and how life changes. And Tracy, you're one of those people. So with everything that we've seen, with some of the changes that she's made with her team, how do you think this process is going and just how difficult, if you can explain it, is it to win a major and then suddenly life's changing and you still have to get back out there on the tennis court? Yeah, it really is interesting because, as you said, there's only a few people in the world that know what that feeling is and what it's like to win so young, to win your first major. Um, I remember the next tournament that I played after I won the U.S. Open at 16 in Atlanta and being introduced as the U.S. Open champion. I clearly remember that moment and more expectations, but I will say I was like top five in the world at the time. So what's so different about Raducanu is – I think there's about 30 levels that you have to feel successful at for when you're going from the ITF level where you're winning matches at the WTA level, where you start to win a tournament, you start to get to the quarters of majors. You know, there's all these levels that you start to master. 
I think Raducanu ripped through about 28 of those, let's say, 30 levels in two weeks. So the terrain already for me, when I had already beaten Kristen Martina before I beat them at the U.S. Open, it still changes so quickly. You know, things rapidly around you change. You feel pretty much the same, except you have more confidence on the court. But people are now treating you differently. The spotlight gets hot very quickly. Demands on your time. That's probably the, the biggest change where everybody wants a little piece of you, whether it's interviews or the endorsements come, uh, which is obviously awesome. That's what you want. But it's really important for your team to recognize where you're at, make sure that you're able to still train, um, take try to take some pressure off uh, because now you have, you know, you're a little famous before, but now you're really famous. So people are, are – critiquing you more i think with social media it's even going to be more difficult for somebody like raducanu because we know that there's no shortage of opinions out there on social media even when she talked about changing coaches um after the u.s open so i think we all in the media and in the tennis world need to give emma a little bit of time because um as a teenager you're Mitch, we've all been there. We're just trying to figure ourselves out as a youngster at 16, 17, 18. And then all of a sudden now the, the whole terrain and is the whole environment, your outlook has, has all changed. You know, yeah. like even I think Layla Fernandez, like her base, her foundation, she had a stronger footing because she had gone through some of those levels and won a tournament. But for Emma, it was all so new. And so if she struggles for a little bit, I think we need to, to give her some leeway. I totally agree with that, and I think you know she's made the coaching change um, a couple times now. She pulled out of the Moscow event, and, and just to be fair, we don't know exactly what the process is behind the scenes, but I think it's it's good to kind of have your base and maybe take a deep breath, decide, okay, what's the best foot forward? Like you mentioned, we're when we were all teenagers, we're all just trying to figure out what the, the best possible action <laughs> is. There's just so much to this that, it, like you said, she basically – did something she did do something that was unprecedented she won the u.s open from the qualifying stages so i think it's good to kind of take without a dropping breath. a set without <laughs> being taken to a tie break you but, know yeah. it's it's crazy and then all of a sudden she's ranked 150 and then you know, two weeks later she's going to the met gala and the james bond premiere <laughs> so talk about yeah, whiplash yeah, yeah. um it's, so you know and the other thing yeah. is is that max eisenbutt is is her agent and i think Hopefully, Max, I know Max well, um, he's gone through this already with, with Maria. So he'll know how to try to cool things down, uh, give, her, give her some time, uh, just to, to try to just feel a little bit more comfortable with the whole situation. So um, as I said, I, had, I was already you know, top five in the world, and it was, it was a lot for me to, to take in. And so for her, it, it, it must really feel um, just a, a little unsettling, even though it's all good. Mm -hmm. we've we've seen the flip side of this where players in any sport rush into something they get instant success they rush they make rash decisions so i'm okay with take a deep breath regather yourself a lot of tennis ahead of her doesn't have to all come at once there's still going to be a discovery period too and uh just hope we see more of uh more of what we saw in new york because that was just incredible uh, and I, I think it was, and the, the way that she was so calm, so poised, she's, she's got a great game. So again, I, I like 
what you said. It's it's the long term outlook, and uh, hopefully we can be we can be kind and and give Emma a little bit of time because she seems like a, just a fantastic girl, very grounded, very level headed. But as we've seen, Mitch with Osaka, I, I mean, she has this whirlwind come at her as well, and she's been very open about mental health, and I'm so proud of her because. It's it's not a stigma any, anymore. You know, players are, are willing to talk about the help that they get mentally, whereas before it, it looked like it was a weakness. And uh, so I think we're changing kind of that landscape as far as recognizing that, that the mental part leads everything else in athletics. And so you got to get that part straight. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Certainly do. Uh, Tracy Austin here on Tennis Channel Inside In as we look at the men's side uh, to finish this episode off. Some great stories, some great development there. We mentioned top players not in the mix, but Grigor Dimitrov was the oldest player. I, I looked this up as well. In the men's fourth round, Grigor, baby fed, how is this possible, was the oldest player remaining. <laughs> and uh, Tracy, Wow, was, I didn't know that. It was insane. And he was down a set and 4-1 double break to the U.S. Open champion and uh, maybe the best player playing in this tournament, Daniil Medvedev. He comes back with some tactical decisions, that backhand slice, and you were on this on Twitter from the moment it happened, getting him out of rhythm, getting him to start overhitting, and suddenly the human backboard was gone. Dimitrov uh, rolls in the third set and wins. One of the matches that I think was fascinating, it was good to see that Grigor tactical decision pay off. Yeah, and he had to be very disciplined. It was it was actually really fun to watch him thinking through the process of, okay, what can I do? I've tried to out-hit Medvedev. That's impossible. Medvedev, what, six foot six, six foot seven. Um, Dimitrov even started to slow his serve down, recognizing Medvedev is so far behind the baseline. It doesn't matter how hard I hit it. I'm just going to get a lot of first serves in. But I was watching actually with my son, Brandon, and it, he kept saying, oh, that's the Evans backhand slice. So, you know, sometimes it was the knife backhand slice from Grigor. Sometimes it was the floater down the middle to not give Medvedev angles. Dimitrov, that was kind of like he was he was out of options at that point. He was throwing everything but the kitchen sink at Medvedev, and he thought, you know, why not? Why don't I just go down to lockdown mode, use my athleticism, hit some balls down the middle, hit some slices short and low, particularly to Medvedev's forehand where he has to dig it out in an uncomfortable position. Then when I get a chance, I'll drill my forehand. So it was it was actually fun to see someone really be disciplined with their tactics and try to change that match around. Medvedev was playing well. He was cruising and made a few errors, and he started to get upset. He starts to get very chatty with his team. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, but... It was, it was fun to see and, and great to see for Grigor. I want to just clarify one thing. It was the oldest in the quarterfinal with that win. I don't want to get get aggregated here by, by misspeaking. But with that win, he's now the oldest player left, which is just insane. Uh, but it was great. It was great to see uh, Grigor dig deep. He's been on the radar on the national scene for so long. A big win after, you know, the, the Australian injury and the, some injuries that he's had this year. 
but nobody else has had a better tournament on the men's side outside of Taylor Fritz, another California kid that's having success here. I, I don't think this is hyperbole, Tracy. This has been the best run that I've seen him play. He got back to health. I mean, he rushed back onto the court for Wimbledon. The results weren't quite there after that Wimbledon run, but he's taken out Berrettini and Yannick Sinner. He's got a big date with uh, Alexander Zverev coming up tomorrow. But you can't not feel good about Taylor Fritz and what he's been able to do and how he's righted his season and, and shown that he could be in the mix for top 20, top 15 even. Oh, absolutely. And I've felt that for years. I, I, I love Taylor's game. I've known him since he was 10 years old and watched him kind of grow and, and mature. I love the way he, he is so tough mentally. Uh, but sure, to beat, to beat Berrettini, and I think the courts being slower, being grittier, are actually helping Taylor because he has enough power on his ground strokes to hit through the slower courts. But yet at the same time, it, it, help, it gives Taylor a little bit more time to retrieve you know, extend the rallies from the baseline. So to out-hit Berrettini where Taylor really targeted that backhand of, of Berrettini and Taylor's accurate enough, uh, hits power with enough power, was patient, and then to back it up against Sinner and, you know, to hit that backhand down the line that you see his reaction. This is his first Masters 1000 quarterfinal, and I'm sure Taylor's thinking, you know, couldn't happen at a better place. Grew up in, in Rancho Santa Fe, Talked about coming to Indian Wells as a Southern California kid, hanging around. He said he didn't watch much tennis, but he he loved to be at the tournament. So this is really his home event now, and uh, it, it's great to see Taylor playing so well. You talked about the the knee surgery that he had right after the French. He was so good with that torn meniscus to, to show up. It showed just how important it, it was for him to to, to play Wimbledon uh, with just a, a couple of weeks. So. You know, Taylor's a fighter. He's a warrior. It's great to see him playing so well. Maybe possibly the, the best of, of his life so far. I think so. I mean, if he beats Zverev, it's unquestioned, yes. But this is still two huge wins just running through the Italians. It's been uh, impressive to see. Got to also give a shout-out, too, because this just went final while we're recording. Cam Nori won 6-love, six 6-2 six over Diego <laughs> Schwartzman to make the oh semifinals in just a, a savage beatdown. But Cam Norrie has been playing the best tennis of his life. And, and I'm looking at, you know, the run in San Diego, losing to Root in the final. But even before that, he'd been racking up wins, Tracy. And I, I look this, too. I mean, he had, was the victim of bad Grand Slam draws. Kept running into Nadal. Kept running into Federer. Like, he finally has been playing his way into form and higher seeding. And uh, a former college tennis player out of TCU, Cam Norrie, into the semifinals at Indian Wells. Yeah, I love it. I, it just seems like he puts his hard hat on and, and gets to work. You know, there's not a lot of flash in his game. He's just really smart, good shot selection. He works so hard on his fitness. I think that's been important in the last couple of years. So that's no doubt that he can, you know, go the three sets or the five sets. His placement is really good. I think being a lefty really helps Cam Norrie. Um, and then when you start to win this many matches, that would be his 49th win of the season, which is incredible and he seems to win on every surface he just has this ability to adapt his game um you know, he's like a backboard he's quicker i think than he looks um you know, he just seems to be at the ball he's matured so much i think playing college tennis was important at tcu it just gave him a chance to first of all enjoy it he loved playing on a team he talks about but his coaches he met it at tcu Great year for him and uh, couldn't be happier for, for a guy that just works so hard and, and deserves this kind of success. Yeah, going into this tournament. But to he, beat Schwartzman. Oh, 
Uh, yeah, sorry. To be Schwartzman with that type of a score, you know, maybe Schwartzman, I didn't see the match. But, uh, I mean, Schwartzman, heck, he was down two match points against Cressy in, in his opening round. So, uh, you know, he was playing on borrowed time. But that, that's hard to do against Schwartzman on a, on a slow court, even if Schwartzman mentally, you know, was a little fatigued. Yeah, he's career high ranked going into this tournament, 26. That's only going to go up. And we're <laughs> we're looking at top 20 player, Cam Norrie. I don't think many people had that on their bingo cards going into the end of 2021, but props to him. And lastly, also want to give another shout out to somebody that's been just battling, grinding his way back into form and, and doesn't need to based on a Hall of Fame resume. That's Andy Murray, Tracy, who had another deep mm. run, loses the Zverev in a, in a tight two-setter. But he's showing off of his superior net game. He's showing off his tennis IQ. He's battling to the very end. The fire's still there. What I left after watching this tournament was looking at him needing, just needing that big win. He's gotten to the point where he's battling himself back into form. He's, he's unsatisfied with not pulling off these wins. But the last seven big losses he's had, I mean, Berrettini, Shapovalov, Hercotch, Tsitsipas, Rude, Zverev, I mean, it's, it's right there. Murray's so close to kind of getting over that hump, and I'm just impressed more than anything that he's still battling given all that he's accomplished in his tennis career. You're exactly right. The guy has accomplished so much, and at 34, 35 years old and a metal hip, you know that this guy just <laughs> loves the game because his game is predicated on defense and that ability to, to track down that extra ball. And, uh, you know, to see him beat Alcaraz and get through that match and the joy and, and that to win such a, a tough match like that, you felt like he had some chances uh, against Verov. Um, I enjoy it. I, I mean, it, he had a problem at the beginning of, of Indian Wells losing his shoes and his wedding ring, all in all in one all in one evening. So I I just think he's uh, seems like a lot of the players really respect yeah. what Andy's done, and I I hope he continues to to play well and give himself these opportunities because I just feel like he keeps, as you said, keeps knocking on the door and he keeps working this hard. He's, he's going to get through, through one of these. We love watching him play. He's such a thoughtful player out there. You know, he doesn't have that one huge weapon that's going to knock you off the court, but it's combination of shots. Um, always thinking he's great in his press conferences, so thoughtful. So um, I, I love watching Andy Murray. I'm happy that he's, yeah, that he's back, that he's playing, that he's part of tennis. And I'm happy he got his wedding ring back. He yeah, couldn't that, have gone back. And uh... <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's one where I don't think you can overcome. Like that would have been a tough one. He would have been, he would have been uh, in the doghouse for a while. I I would think. But. but can I ask, leaving your shoes under your car? I know they're stinky, but uh, yeah, I would, I you gonna, know, I was going to ask you. I mean, as the tennis player here, like <laughs> that. I mean, I understand like the logic to a point, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if I've, I I understand what the reasoning well i love that he took account of and then he said he had only one pair of shoes that one pair of yeah. shoes he had to go to a sporting goods store like no andy yeah. come on you need three of the same shoes what if you're what yeah. if you you know your shoe breaks or something I, anyway it was it was a great interesting story that we followed i didn't understand the explanation but i love the accountability he just ended it with i'm an idiot and that that was it and then we just moved on so <laughs> uh, accountability, accountability has always been there for uh for andy murray uh, all right. At least he admitted it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Tracy Austin, this has been a blast here on Tennis Channel Inside In. Lastly, are we looking at any predictions? Do you have a feel for how this is going to go? Men's or women's side, and maybe the men's side, we could see the, the most improbable sunshine, sunshine double 
if Hubie Hercash wins Indian Wells, not exactly the same, but you know, wins them both. Right. Apart. Yeah. The opposite way around. Um, boy, that would, that would be interesting. I mean, looking at who's left, you'd have to give the edge to a Zverev or a Sitsipas, but could it be Taylor Fritz? Could he, could he make the full run? Whatever it is, it's, it's exciting. I like that we're starting to see, you know, some of the, we've talked about the, the absence of some of the big names. So this is an opportunity for some of these other players to come through um, on the women's side. Hey, the one word that we've been using for a few years now is, is unpredictable. So, you know, throw, throw the balls up and may the best player win. It's, it's a great opportunity. Azarenka's won it a couple of times already. Um, you know, Bedosa, I love yeah. her game. She had, she started 2021 without any top 10 wins and now she's had a very strong year. So I think we've just you really enjoyed watching everything unfold. And you know what, Mitch, at the end of the day, 2021, 2020 has been so tough for these players. It's been tough for everybody in the world, obviously. But, you know, with all of the protocols, some of the restrictions, traveling with a team, you know, Sabalenka got COVID just before the tournament started here. So um, I think everybody is just appreciative that they're getting a chance to play and particularly at Indian Wells, everybody's favorite tournament. It's going to be a fun finish to this tournament. Everyone's happy to be back. There's a lot of points, opportunity on the line. Tracy Austin, pleasure talking to Indian Wells with you. I did I did want to ask you one other thing, too, just because I saw your tweets yesterday on the Dimitrov match. What was it like being a 14-year-old on the Johnny Carson show? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just put it this way. It was a little intimidating, yeah. and I wasn't... I wasn't quite as talkative then as I am now, but Mitch, it was pretty cool. You know, just the big lights. He was so sweet. You know, Johnny was a pretty decent tennis player. He loved tennis. He had a tennis court in his backyard. So he was very kind to me. Um, you know, but that's the kind of thing that Emma is now you know, going to the Today Show, going on Good Morning America. So those are the kinds of things where, you know, the terrain changes and those are great opportunities, but you got to try to try to stay grounded. It was it was phenomenal. It was fun. I don't think my answers were very long. Oh, well, we're we're not exactly the Johnny Carson show here, but uh, you're you're very versatile <laughs> in what shows you go on. Uh, Tracy, always a pleasure uh, chatting with you. Thank you again for coming on the show. Thanks, Mitch. It's a pleasure. I was Tracy Austin on Tennis Channel Inside In. A reminder, you can catch every episode on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. We'll be back next week for more coverage. We'll recap Indian Wells, talk about the end of the year, the race to the ATP Finals in Turin and the WTA Finals in Guadalajara. For Tracy Austin, I'm Mitch Michaels. This was Tennis Channel Inside In. We'll see you next week.